Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Russia, three years in jail, four undeclared crypto wallets, how to fight climate change with crypto, and one inch teams with XPTC. All coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today's Thursday, September 24th, 2020. And our main chat today is with Mark Scamberelli of XBTC. And it was so interesting the how we just kind of like went down the rabbit hole and started talking about DEXs and things like that. I'm going to turn this into a full-length podcast here coming up, I think, in a couple weeks. I just wanted to say that it's, it's super interesting. So I'm looking forward for everybody to hear uh, our chat. And let me know in an email, if you like, how you want me to approach a show entitled the evolution of the decks and where it's where it was where it's going where we think it's going to go where we want it to go you can send me an email at matthew aaron at decrypt.co and tell me what you think that show should entail and also a little thing that i'm not going to mention in the stories today but i want to mention now was an amazing piece of art the links in the show notes but it's a massive bitcoin artwork being auctioned at christie's on october 7th and if you haven't seen this art it is absolutely gorgeous I'm going to have the artist on the show here in a week or two. I, I, I really want everybody to just take a time right now, click the show notes, and look at this Bitcoin art. It is phenomenal. This person worked three years on it, quit their job, holed up in a abandoned police station, and worked on this art. And I think this dude is going to make it a lot of money when he auctions it at Christie's. But enough of me rambling. Let's get on to those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. I'm recording this at 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is up $10,675.57, up 2.5% from yesterday. Ethereum 346.48, up 3.2% from yesterday. Litecoin 44.89, up 2% from yesterday. Chainlink 9.32, up 15% from yesterday and bouncing back into the top 10 at number 8 spot of total market cap. NXRP is the same as yesterday at 23.1 cents. Total market cap for all cryptocurrencies is $338.2 billion and BTC dominance is 58.5%. So let's get into this conversation with Mark. And again, please email me at MatthewAaron at decrypt.co and let me know how you would want an evolution of the DEX conversation to go i really am curious about what the dex is going to look like and how it's actually going to be better than a centralized exchange especially since the centralized exchange has more of a head start and a better way to integrate with the current financial systems which is an interesting thing to say because i guess that's kind of like anti-crypto space if you will anyway here's my conversation with mark scamberelli the founder of xbtc dude one inch partners with xbtc please tell me really quick what's the scoops 
Yeah, it's a pretty crazy thing. It's a brand new partnership of its kind. We've seen uh, the decentralized exchange space get really competitive and people literally steal customers from other people through providing things like uh, sushi tokens, if you look that up. Uh, and this is a, a first of its kind of uh, partnering with a, a project and showing that a project is a really cool idea and that they want to be with them uh, and then competing against other DEXs to get our, our launch and have us partner with them. And I think we're going to start seeing uh, all of the DEXs, uh, Binance, uh, Crypto.com, Sushi, all these different uh, DEXs start competing for projects and trying to get them to launch uh, on them. And, and this will really launch a whole new competitive landscape for DEXs. Really excited about it. Okay, before we go into a little bit more details on this, I think we have to have a base of knowledge. And I have a couple of words here that I really want you to define for me. What is rebasing? As In your article about this release, there, it says that XBTC is a rebasing token. Can you explain that? Uh, so rebasing is a global supply uh, change in a cryptocurrency, uh, which can only really happen in cryptocurrencies. Uh, so we actually change the supply in everybody's wallets and on every exchange. Um, and that supply change is supposed to push the price towards a, uh, a target price. Uh, and most famously, this happened with Ample, who pushes their price to $1. Uh, but instead of pegging or having our target price be a price, uh, our target price is Bitcoin dominance. So we track that number of Bitcoin. Bitcoin dominance, uh, which makes our token basically a synthetic derivative, a synthetic uh, dominance hedge against Bitcoin. So as its dominance falls, we send more supply to users. Um, so it's a new way of connecting real world data to the token economy um, of a digital asset. So it's it's really a new use of rebasing um, in, a, in a novel use of it. <laughs> All right. So that was a 102. Can you give me a 101 <laughs> on what is rebasing? Yes. You said Bitcoin dominance. We're talking about, let's just say today, Bitcoin's dominance is 57% of total market of, of cryptocurrency. That's what you're saying, correct? Correct. And now you are going to be, you are hedging against Bitcoin's dominance going up. You're saying it's going to fall. That's what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, we saw Bitcoin dominance go down to 30%. Um, and that was when altcoins were white papers and vaporware. Uh, and now they have billions of dollars in paying customers, uh, partnerships with multinational corporations. So we think that they will outpace uh, Bitcoin and its dominance will go down. Um, and so the rebasing there, we would put XBTC price at 57 cents. And then let's say Bitcoin dominance goes down to 30, 30%. So now we are paying to 30 cents. That means we send more supply to our users and they see more supplies in their walls. That, the, that is the rebase. So now they have all this extra supply. The price is 57 cents. Bitcoin dominance is 30%, 30 cents. So they all sell that extra supply, which pushes the price down to 30 cents, but they're all locking in gains by selling that extra supply. Uh, and so that's the rebase of that sending of extra supply to get them to sell so that they push the price down. It's a way of pushing the price towards a target, which is, you know, kind of what traditional stocks do of that share price and all of that is it's based on supply and demand, but we're actually forcing supply to follow Bitcoin dominance, which is creating that a hedge against Bitcoin and also kind of an index fund, a synthetic index fund of every single other altcoin, because as they grow in, in dominance, then people are benefiting by that supply coming to them. Okay, great. Rebasing, check. Automated market maker, what's an AMM? So the most basic way, uh, Coinbase charges you 1.5% or 0.75%. Uh, instead of Coinbase charging you on a decentralized exchange, people, humans, other p customers uh, provide the liquidity. So you put on your Ether and your um, Chainlink, and then people trade using that pool that you're providing and give you the fee. 
So basically AMA means that we, the people are um, the people who are providing that liquidity. When you say charging 1.5%, what do you mean? Coinbase is charging 1.5% for what? Uh, so they charge you to make a trade. So every time you trade Chainlink for Ethereum, uh, they charge you 1.5% of that sell. But in automated market making, uh, you get charged 0.3% and that goes to the people who are providing. So you get a lower fee and that fee goes to other um, people in the ecosystem instead of to Coinbase, the company. There is no company in decentralized exchanges. The people are the company. Okay, so I know that that, that was the case when it came to Uniswap and people were providing liquidity. Um, and then Uniswap gave a big airdrop. Is that what happened the other day with Uniswap? Yes, exactly. So they are now trying to incentivize people more because they've seen competitors um, start giving tokens, their native tokens to liquidity providers. Um, and so Uniswap is now trying to become competitive there and have their own native token, um, which is an added benefit to people who provide liquidity. Okay, so that's a very interesting way to look at liquidity instead of uh, our traditional method. I, I really like that. What is an I? M-O, an initial what the hell offering? <laughs> an initial MooniSwap offering. So the exchange that we have a partnership, MooniSwap, um, is their chain. Usually it's an, uh, an IEO when you initial exchange offering on Binance or, you know, Coinbase. Um, and, and we see, you know, soon there will be an IUO, <laughs> a uh, initial UniSwap offering. It's a new type of decentralized offering um, that is changing the landscape of decentralized exchanges. They are, you know, taking on some aspects of centralized exchanges like computer competing for new novel ideas and trying to incentivize users and uh, tokens to come to them. Okay, so I think we covered the basics now. We have re rebasing, we have automated market makers, and we know what an IMO is. We're talking about decentralized exchanges now doing IEOs, but in a decentralized fashion using their native tokens. That's what I'm, that's what I'm understanding, right? Uh, the native tokens are just an incentive for use of the ecosystem. Um, and so the, the IEO or the IMO, is just that we will launch on their platform uh, mainly. So we'll put most of our liquidity on their platform to push people to use their platform. Uh, and the benefit that we get is just their marketing and their support on day one, their technological support. Uh, and so the, the token isn't directly tied to the, the initial offering. The initial offering is just tied to working together in a partnership on the, on the tech side and on the marketing side. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so XBTC, one inch partnership why should we care? Uh, this is really changing the you know the competitive landscape of, of new small cap uh, tokens. Uh, it's really a, a way of almost co-signing and collaborating together. This decentralized space is decentralized. Everyone is separated and kind of walled off. Uh, but as we start breaking down those walls and start working together um, in more collaborative and in open ways, it's all transparent. It's all on, on the chain. You can see what happens. Um, this is creating a new uh, ecosystem of that competitive landscape. Uh, and as it gets more competitive, uh, exchanges might, you know, lower their fees, uh, they might change how the offering happens, they might make it a, a better offering to make it uh, better for the customers who come for that first day and setting the price or helping the price stay where people can get a, a, a fair price on that opening. Um, and so these things can all happen as this competition heats up, and we're the first to kind of launch this competition. Uh, so competition is good for customers, it's good for businesses. Um, and, and we think that uh, by making this happen, uh, we are now setting the stage for that competition to take place and benefit users.
So I'm going to take that back and say thank you for answering that question of why should we care. But I'm going to ask that question again is why should we care? You said competition is good for the customers and what have you, but that's only when competition actually is matured out and and got all the other people that were trying to compete but can't compete. And we have an actual product and or a couple of products that are competing with each other to create a better product, but not just a bunch of crap that's just all around the ecosystem that is falling off, going bust, or maybe just making bad products. So yes, competition is good up to, but in the the future for for the entire space of the product. So I guess what I'm asking here, what why should we care? What are we looking to get out of this besides a decentralized exchange war, which we are in the middle of a centralized exchange war now? And how is this going to benefit us when this competition starts to shake everybody out? Yeah, so I think we've already seen the competition benefit, right? Uh, Sushi Swap uh, really uh, forged forward on the native token, and now that's a new source of you know benefit for users. Uh, Mooney Swap itself, where we're launching, actually has some benefits that uh, is why you should care. We are launching there, um, so they have changed the uh, automated market maker and the algorithms algorithms they use to use synthetic prices, uh, which means that arbitrage bots uh, and front runners can't take as much of the profit from traders and from liquidity pool providers. That's good. Um, so liquidity pool providers get more profit uh, and traders get better uh, better experience of you know not having bots constantly front running them or taking their uh, price. Um, and so uh, these things have all happened because uh, people are trying to take away from Uniswap uh, and break down Uniswap. So we've already seen the competition create innovation in this space. Um, and this partnership actually, you know, we chose Mooniswap for that reason um, because they're being innovative. So competition worked, <laughs> right? We chose them as the first person to go to for that partnership uh, because they had these added benefits. Uh, and so I think you're going to continue to see uh, every single um, body move quicker as we see uh, people start pulling from the leaders in the space, uh, chiefly Uniswap. Uh, you've already seen them start to catch up with some of these new innovators. Right. Uh, Mark, I want to say thank you very much for coming on and explaining this. We actually had this slated. I want all the listeners to know we already had this slated for a four minute conversation or less. And we're going to be probably around 10 minutes because, wow, there's a lot to unpack with this. And I think that we might have to explore this in the future when we have a little bit more developments in the space. We maybe have a little bit more competition. Totally. Absolutely. Down. I mean, even things like my AMA example uh, is not exactly, you know, what AMM is. Just AMA. Uh, so, yeah, you yeah I would love to dig. <laughs> I would love to dig deeper into this uh, as you and Tom trying to speed up and uh, talk out as quick as possible. But there's a lot to dig into and some really interesting things for both users uh, and businesses in this space right now. It's a, it's a great time to be alive and be in a decentralized uh, finance. Wonderful. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day, Matt. And in another news, Russia proposes up to three years of jail for undeclared crypto wallets. The Russian finance ministry has prepared a new bill that would force crypto hodlers to declare their wallets or face fines and jail times. How much jail time, you might say? Well, up to three years in prison. And why do they want to do this? So you can pay taxes on your crypto. No more skirting taxes in Russia. There he said, you don't declare, you're going to jail. How are they going to force that? How are they going to know if you have a crypto wallet? Well, that's a very good question. And I'm sure that there are companies out there helping the Russian government. And as we know, there's entities and companies helping the United States government find and track Bitcoin and cryptocurrency transactions and wallets. Will people actually take this seriously? Probably not. And can Russia actually stop Bitcoin? No. But they sure as hell can make it hard as hell to use it. Do you guys remember that Jeff Foxworthy book called You Know You're a Redneck If? I think somebody a lot funnier than I am should write a book called You Know You're in a Bull Market When? And this next story should be part of it. 
Now here's an innovative idea, and in, I'm gonna quote this, that's quoted from this article by the way, innovative idea. For combating climate change, paying a small fee to plant a tree and tokenizing it in an NFT token, and then profiting by earning crypto as the tree reduces carbon dioxide over the next years ahead. And what do you think we'll call this token? We're gonna call it tree token. <laughs> I, 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 actually, this is my fifth take of this, by the way. I always giggled when I said tree token. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I just can't. Um, <laughs> okay, I can, Matthew, you can do this. You can do this. Okay, so how do you actually do this? You pay the company, Kuroko Coin, 10 pounds or $13 to have a tree planted in the real world. It will be converted into a digital asset on an F NFT token, and you would get a photo and a GPS location of your tree. And as the tree grows, it's going to suck up CO2, potentially up for maybe up to 60 years, depending on what kind of tree it is, and you're going to earn crypto on it. And you're going to help save the world from carbon dioxide emissions. I want to say that I do like this idea, and I think I'm actually going to get myself a couple trees, but it is just one of those things that you know you're in a bull market when somebody comes out with tree token. And finally, I want to get back to Venezuela, and Venezuela has effectively nationalized cryptocurrency mining. This move means that miners must risk being targeted by the U.S. because Venezuela's new Bitcoin law exposes miners to U.S. sanctions. If miners work outside the national pool, they are subject to fines and other sanctions. So what does that really mean? Here, I think this sums it up well. No one in Venezuela is more affected than the miners. Required to participate in a national mining pool, they find themselves in a lose-lose situation. They can choose to break the new Venezuelan law by mining with a private pool, because remember, Venezuela's government is to regulate Bitcoin mining and put them into a national pool under Nicolas Maduro's monopoly over the industry, or they can mine under Nicolas Maduro's monopoly and have a fall under the U.S. sanctions for carrying out economic activity in collaboration with the Venezuelan government. You want to talk about a rock in a hard place? That is a rock in a hard place. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. We're going to be back tomorrow to talk. You know what? Tomorrow's conversation is going to be extremely fun. I have my good buddy Doug Pike of Virium and Viracoin coming on the show. And we're going to talk small market cap coins, longevity, the resilience, and fighting the good fight to have their projects maintain any semblance of anything in this ever-changing crypto space. We'll see you tomorrow for that conversation. Happy hodling.